It's the Pistons Pod, presented by Uptime Energy Drink. Now here's your host, Matt Derry. Pistons continue to play better basketball as of late. Cade Cunningham making a push for Rookie of the Year. We welcome you into the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com. And wherever you find your podcasts, we'll be talking to Pistons analyst on the TV side, Greg Kelser, coming up momentarily from Valley Sports Detroit. Of course, Special K, Detroit legend, Michigan State legend, former NBA three-man. We'll talk to Greg, who works alongside George Blaha, about what he's seeing and what he expects to see over the last 15 to 16 games. And certainly, the way Cade Cunningham is playing as of late has you, the Detroit fan, excited. Think about this. Over the last five games, Cade Cunningham is averaging 22 points per game, eight rebounds a contest, six assists, shooting 46% from the field, 38.5% from three, and 86% from the line. We've heard it all season. Guy like Evan Mobley, the Cavs, Scotty Reynolds from the Raptors, Scotty Barnes, excuse me, from the Raptors, playing at a rookie of the year type level. Right now, Cade Cunningham, who's off to a slow start due to that ankle injury, is starting to really come on and is starting to get fun for the Pistons, certainly at Little Caesars Arena. They've won six of their last nine. A tough loss Wednesday to a very good Bulls team. And now coming up Friday at Boston. And then the Clippers come to town Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock. Get your tickets at Pistons.com as the team will play four of its next five away from home and on the road. So we're going to talk to Greg Kelser right now from Bally Sports Detroit, longtime Pistons a TV analyst, about the team and where he thinks things are headed here in 2021-2022. And as promised, let's bring in Greg Kelser from Bally Sports Detroit, longtime television analyst for the Pistons and of course, uh, played in the NBA, Michigan State Spartan National Champion. Everybody knows Special K, and he joins us today. What's up, sir? Uh, Matt, everything is good. Thank you. I hope you and your family are all doing well. Everybody is okay. Thanks for asking, and uh, great to hear your voice, my friend. Uh, it, it, it's been more fun, hasn't it? The team has won six of their last nine. Cade Cunningham, rookie of the year talk is starting. And uh, even in the loss the other night to the Bulls, you saw a lot of positives come out of that. Really, I mean, if you look at the Pistons' last nine games, they've won six of them, and all six wins have been in uh, in tight, closely contested games where the outcome could have gone either way. And these are games that they were losing uh, pretty much throughout the season leading up. Uh, and then the three losses were all very close games in which they had leads in the fourth quarter, and they could have won. So um, uh, you love the competitiveness now, and you know you can see this team tracking uh, in, in a good direction uh, because not only are they competitive, they're starting to learn how to win, and that's usually the last phase that a, a young uh, rebuilding squad has to go through, that, that part where you learn how to win. Winning is very tough at, at the professional level. We all know that. And, uh, and the margin for error is very thin. But we're seeing that the young Pistons are finding ways to win games. And, and I, I, I thought they'd find a way again last night but the, uh, against Chicago. But the, the seven-minute drought in the fourth quarter was, was their undoing. But still a very competitive, very entertaining game. Why? What, is, what, what's, what switch has been flipped, or is it just a maturation process? Why, over this stretch since the All-Star break, let's say, that they look different? 
Well, I want to say that it's a maturation process without a doubt. I mean, they've been at it for four months now. And, uh, you know, you keep putting in the time, you keep working hard, you keep fighting and believing, trusting, and eventually uh, you start to reap some of the benefits of all of that. And I think we're seeing it. Uh, Dwayne Casey, I think his team, his his, his uh, coaching staff, they've done a really, really sound job of keeping this group together because losing absolutely is the worst. And uh, usually a, a, a product of losing becomes uh, distrust, uh, finger pointing, um, backbiting, and there's been none of that. I watch these guys when they're on the road. They enjoy being around each other. There's laughter, uh, there's friendship, there's camaraderie, and that is not usually indicative of a team that is not experiencing a lot of success. Yet, they stay together. I think they all understand where they are and where they want to go and the process that is required to get there. So, therefore, there has been no drop-off in morale. And uh, and, and now uh, you're starting again to see uh, what you've been pursuing or at least strong glimpses of it you know you look at the six games that i talked about they won in the last nine there five of them were over playoff teams um so they're not just beating on bottom feeders they're they're beating good teams that will do nothing but continue to bolster your confidence in uh in in your in your team and in yourselves individually and i think that uh i think it could sustain I, i really do um and as they continue to add pieces uh, or players, I like to say, uh, I think Marvin Bagley's uh, addition has been uh, of huge significance because he answers a need uh, of length and athleticism, which uh, we've already been able to see uh, fits in. He's carved a nice niche in a very short period of time. So I think they're heading in a good direction. I really do. Uh, you keep adding your growing your talent and you're going to be better hopefully in the short term we've seen examples of it you know phoenix the best team in the nba right now record wise three years ago was the worst team in the nba record wise we, we see it with cleveland same thing you know you can get well pretty quickly if you're uh, if, you know if you're lucky and, and you're uh, drafting and trading and signing the right people Greg Kelser with me from Valley Sports Detroit, longtime uh, television analyst alongside George Blaha. They do a great job on the TV side. Uh, let, let, dive deeper into this with me for a second. You're on the road, you're on the bus, airplane, all this stuff. You're around the guys, you know, picking up your key in the lobby <laughs> when you when you arrive at these hotels. The, the veterans, Corey Joseph, uh, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olynyk. How important is it that those are the guys kind of keeping this together when a lot of losing over the last two years? has hit these young guys that aren't used to that. Well, especially for, uh, uh, you know, all three of those guys you just named, uh, Corey Joseph is a former champion or, or, or an NBA champion with San Antonio. Uh, losing isn't something that he, it, you could say he's accustomed to. You know, the guy's been a winner in the league. Jeremy Grant was part of some really, really good Denver teams that were threatening uh, to, to win, you know, championships just a couple of years ago uh, when they were playing in the bubble. Um, Kelly Olenek made it to the finals with Miami. So all of these guys know winning, understand winning, and at this stage of their careers, uh, to take the step back 
and have to uh, go through a lot of losing while you're performing and playing, you know, with a team that that's rebuilding can't be easy. But again, I think it speaks to the character of these guys uh, individually and, and their abilities to see the bigger picture as well. There's probably some uh, some some excitement or even some appreciation within them for uh, now trying to help a bunch of younger guys get to where they've already been and where they'd like to return. Uh, so, you know, you... You have to look at every challenge. And I think as a professional athlete, maybe as a professional anything, you have to look at every challenge and, and find within those challenges the things that excite you, motivate you, and, and get you stirred up to, uh, to, to, to and excited to go out and give your best and do your best uh, you know, with an eye towards a common goal. Greg Kelser with me, Pistons Pod, brought to you by Uptime Energy Drink. Matt Derry with you. All right, uh, the, the Cade Cunningham questions. I mean, Greg, these are softballs. I'm just lobbing you now. But, uh, uh, I mean, talk about turning it on. Uh, the Rookie of the Year talk now is real. Uh, certainly he started slow with the injury. Evan Mobley started fast. The Cavs are winning games. You can't argue any of that. But, boy, he's, he's jump-started it to a new level now and dropping 25-26 a night. Is it just that he's healthy, or is hey, I, I'm just used to being on this level now? I think that uh, if you were looking at this, uh, uh, let's say you look at it like a, it was a college season, so he wouldn't be a freshman anymore. He, he'd be um, in his uh, second year. He, he'd be a sophomore, you know, maybe even approaching, uh, you know, his junior season. And so you would expect growth. You would expect him to not be starry-eyed. And at some point when you're a rookie and you're getting an opportunity to play and play a lot, uh, at some point you, you cross that bridge that says, hey, I belong here. I'm just as good as any of these guys. And then eventually they can't stop me. Those are the phases. And I think that he is definitely in the latter phase uh, but he has to be careful because he, he's leading a team. He's being counted on to not just show what he can do and, and get his own. He's, he's being counted on to help make others' jobs easier, make them better, and and uh, and help the team as a whole. And that's what you're seeing right now, I think, with Kate Cunningham. Now, I know there's, you know, the Rookie of the Year race is, is tight and there will be a, a group that will say Evan Mobley's affecting winning. He's a big part of it, plays both ends of the floor. Uh, Cleveland probably would be where they are without his production, and that's all true. And that makes him very uh, favorable as a rookie of the year candidate. However, you can look at Kate Cunningham and you can say what he's doing right now in terms of playing in the backcourt, ball in his hands a lot. Um, getting, uh, you know, filling up the stat sheet with points and rebounds and, and assists and, you know, again, now helping others in their uh, quest to be uh, uh, good out on the floor and productive. He helps that. And also, he's proven to be very clutch. He, he leads all the rookies in clutch points, which you know are points scored in the last five minutes of a game that's within five points. He, he does that quite well. He is not afraid of the stage, the big moment, and all that other stuff. 
and I think that he's the best player on the Pistons. Uh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that you would say that necessarily about Evan Mobley. Right. In Cleveland, I don't know that you would say that about Green in Houston. You wouldn't say that necessarily about Scotty Barnes and, and Toronto. Yeah. And these are the guys I think are the lead candidates. Uh, maybe maybe less le- to a lesser degree Green in Houston, but what Cade is showing right now is a, is a high level of you know, basketball maturity and uh, acumen, and he's doing it from a position of leadership like a quarterback. So that, to me, gives him uh, a, maybe a bit of an edge. Is he not getting enough whistles, too? I know there's that complaint, and certainly on social media that, that comes up. It's like, wait a minute, uh, you know, Wednesday night, DeMar DeRozan shoot, shot 100 free throws, and Cade can't even get to the line sometimes. Is it just that's how it goes for a rookie, or or, or what is it? Well, that is how it goes for a rookie, unfortunately, in, in this league. You know, the NBA officiating, I've all from the time way back when I was a player, it used to frustrate me. I get it, though. I mean, I get it. I know it's tough. And I have a lot of respect for the officials. Uh, and because of the way the game is played, you, you, know, you, could, you could blow the whistle far more than, than you do. We understand that. But uh, I, I, I've always wished that uh, and I, you know, players do adjust. They adjust to any and everything the way a game is called. But I've always wished that the game were were called with 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 blinders. In other words, uh, you know, if if you if you could um, if you could call the game without seeing a person's face or, or or reading their name on the back of the jersey or seeing their number, would you would the whistles be the same? Uh, the NBA has always favored. Uh, it's uh, headline players. I used to have a lot of problems, you know, when I was playing uh, in the league at the small forward position back in the golden era of small forwards. <laughs> Sometimes I just felt like, especially with my first year or two in the year when I was a younger player, that, you know, maybe I didn't get the same whistle when I was trying to guard Dr. J that he got guarding me or Bernard King or, or even Larry Bird. Um Whereas in baseball, for instance, if a ball goes down the middle of the plate, it's going to, and guy doesn't swing at it, it's going to be a strike. Whether it's uh, Barry Bonds at the plate or if it's a journeyman who who's pinch hitting, so uh, you know you, you you kind of want that kind of evenness. But listen, I, I've always you know I understand it, I don't always like it, but you do have to sometimes pay your dues. And Kate is doing that. There will come a time when Kate Cunningham and all the other rookies will 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 reap the benefits of a, of a, of a whistle or um, the benefit of doubt when there's contact. But sometimes you just have to wait a little longer for it. That always happened in your first year. And DeMar DeRozan probably had that same thing to deal with when he was a rookie. But he's a rookie no longer. He's established himself. Um, the officials respect how, you know, respect the way he plays his game and they give him, uh, you know, certain advantages and he makes the most of them, but I don't. I, I bet it didn't start in this first or second year. By the way, Special K, you just brought up Bernard King. I know you're with me on this. How is Bernard King and our own Joe Dumars not on that All Seventy Five team? Well, because you you unfortunately the league in seventy five years has far 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 more players. Uh, great players than 75 
And if you want to stop it at 75 because it's the 75th year, then you're going to run into that every single uh, quarter of a century that you do it. It's just inevitable. It's... Uh, it, it'll happen again for the 100-year celebration. <laughs> That's if you right. want to cut it off at 100. <laughs> That's a good way of answering, Greg. I like that. Greg Kelser with me from uh, Bally Sports Detroit, of course, Pistons TV analyst uh, with George Blaha. What what about Sadiq Bey? You know, the other day Isaiah Stewart said, I I might nickname him Big Shot. I know that's already a nickname that was big around here back in the day with Chauncey Billups, but it's kind of true. This guy has become so clutch, and and you want young winning players, and he seems to be one, right? I I think that. Uh, Sadiq has shown the ability and the will, will willfulness to take those big shots. He doesn't shy away from them, and uh, I think that as he continues to grow and as he continues to gain confidence and, and develop, he will be uh, perhaps one of the more dangerous players with the basketball in his hands in the latter stages of a game. Um, what I like to say, and you know, again, he we have to remember he's just in his second year. I think that this year he's taken a step forward by adding some uh, some one-on-one uh, attack-the-basket um, opportunities into the mix, and that's going to help him get to the free-throw line more. You look at DeMar DeRozan, who does not take a lot of threes, but he can score 30 points on anybody on any given night because you know he plays in the mid-range, but he gets to the free throw line a lot. He, in fact, I think he's leading the league in free throw attempts. So he's right up there near the top if he's not, and that's a yearly thing with him. And, and so you'd like to see that with Sadiq. Um, uh, you'd like to see you know him uh, being able to get to the line at least five or six times. That's going to make him that much more of a threat, and it's going to open up opportunities for him to, to, to explore his whole repertoire and not just be, uh, you know, the outside shooter that, that you know, he's come to be known for. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like Sadiq, and, and he's uh, he fits in well with Kate Cunningham and, and Isaiah Stewart, and all these guys are building a chemistry that, uh, you know, if they do stay together, it's going to be hard to deal with uh, in years to come. Final thing, 15, 16 games left. What are you What are you going to watch? What are you most looking forward to kind of having your uh, your eyes on? Well, just the continued uh, uh, growth and development. And, you know, can they continue winning? Can they continue finding ways to win? Because one thing, it's funny, um, you know, so much of it is psychological, um, individually and collectively. When you're a team and you're – you, you, you fall into that pit of, of, of losing and, you know, the danger becomes you get used to it and even worse, you expect it. Like no matter how well we're playing, we're looking in the rearview mirror, something's coming, something's going to happen and it's, you know, we're not going to win. But by the same token, when you get used to winning and you expect it, even when you're not playing well, you know something's going to happen, you're going to figure something out, it's going to come together before this game is over, we're going to find a way to win. So that's where they are right now. And, and I want to see if they can continue that because I, I can definitely see a uh, collective belief and uh, expectation that it, it'll work out. Even in the game against Chicago when they were going through that drought, I think they still felt like, we're going to win this game you know, it's, it, because that's what we do. But you got to get there first. You know, it's a lot of hurdles that you, there are a lot of hurdles that you have to clear to get to that mentality, to that mindset. And uh, the last 
two and a half, three weeks, I can say that, uh, you know, we, we, we see the Pistons sort of uh, getting that 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 feeling uh, and that belief. The, the, the fun thing over the last 16 games for me watching will be to see if they can keep that going. Greg, always love talking to you, my friend, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for stopping by. Anytime, Matt. All the best to you, okay? Stay you, safe. You got it. There he is, Greg Kelser, with us on the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com, brought to you by Uptime Energy Drink. As he teams along with George Blaha continued on the uh, Pistons uh, TV side at Valley Sports Detroit. We'll talk to you again next week.